Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. State Farm and DJ Dramos from Life as a Gringo know that getting your money right brings freedom, empowerment, and future success. The mindset work that it takes to retrain your brain to believe that you are someone who can obtain anything you want financially and hit all of those financial goals and that the only thing holding you back is is yourself. I love how she talks about like just demanding how much you believe you're worth, how much you want to make and how you have to make that declaration. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And, uh, well, it's week three, so in theory, we should know everything, right? But we have no more quarterbacks, so that, that sort of changes everything. Now. <laughs> yeah, man. When stuff like this happens, especially when I'm writing Stardom and Sidham, I can't wait for people to come at me and say, of course you're not playing Andy Dalton this week, which, by the way, Andy Dalton's been really good. But when when you are in a position like we are with quarterback right now, you're basically starting the dudes that you drafted to start because at the bottom of the position, there's a lot of players that you would never touch with a 10-foot pole or there's a lot of question marks about them because of their inexperience, and we are dealing with that big time in fantasy right now. Yeah, quarterback was deep until suddenly it wasn't. Uh, you know, when you lose guys like Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously we had luck retiring at the start of the season. Uh, it, it definitely changes the way the the position is played, the way the position is sort of thought about in fantasy. And so we're, uh, we're sort of dealing with that. And right? especially this week, too. Like, a lot of the quote-unquote lesser valuable quarterbacks have the bad matchups. So... You're not you're not going to be messing with those guys this week. Stick with your studs. And then we've got, you know, Cam Newton. We don't know what's going on with him. I'm, He's not Cam Newton anymore. He's not Superman anymore. I'm, He's I'm, Clark Kent. I woke up this morning feeling very grateful for Lamar Jackson. And Dak <laughs> you, thank thank yeah. God we had Dak and Lamar yes. in the in the late rounds to kind of get us through here. Hey, so quick question. Uh, both of you guys. I'm getting a lot of questions on Twitter and I'm actually seeing a lot of trade offers in, that are including Lamar Jackson. People are trying to suck all the value that he's gained in the last two weeks and flip him for like an elite running back. 
So I have seen trade offers where people are asking for Dalvin Cook in return for Lamar Jackson. I've seen trade offers where people are asking for Alvin Kamara in return for Lamar Jackson. What's too much in a trade? That- for Jackson, <laughs> but but I think we get that yeah. we get that people out there are going to try to yeah. try to swindle people. What's too much for Lamar Jackson? And, and at this point, because if you have Lamar, you probably drafted a quarterback ahead of him, right. so you're probably pretty good at the position. Even if it's not Lamar, if it's your other quarterback, what are you looking for in I mean, a deal for one of these for for a guy like LJ or a guy uh, you know who, who's just exploding onto the fantasy scene like a Kyler Murray? Here's the thing, though. I mean, I know like. The, the knee-jerk reaction to say, yeah, that's too much. But when we stop to look at the situation, right? Like, go look at your waiver wire, right? In whatever league you're in and look at the quarterbacks that are out there, right? And maybe you can stream week to week and try to pick matchups and play matchups a little bit. But there's nothing like having that peace of mind of knowing you've got that position yeah. set, that every week you can plug that guy in there and be okay. And right now... That's kind of where we are with quarterbacks. Like, yeah, you can try a Case Keenum and see what happens week to week. We know Mitch Trubisky. We've seen, we've seen what Mitch Trubisky is. Kirk Cousins isn't the same guy he used to be. So where once upon a time you would say, heck no, I would never do that. This year seems like a different animal through two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it just like you said, it just depends on who's the wa- who's on the waiver wire. If it's if it's a ten team league and Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of these guys who actually have legitimate floors are still out there for sure. Uh, that's that's where you want to pull a pull a deal for for Lamar, but. In general, I mean, I think trading quarterbacks is like the hardest thing to do in fantasy. It is. No, there's no doubt about it. Because, well, uh, you know, now we've seen a decrease in, in the position's depth, but overall there's a lot of depth, so people don't want to trade for quarterbacks because, well, Josh Allen's on the waiver wire, and that makes all the sense in the world. But when you're talking about a league winner potentially like Lamar Jackson, right, I mean, can he bring back an RB1 in return? I think in the right situation, I agree with Marcus. I think he can. Yeah. I I do think he can. I just think, I think the situation has, like, I think in normal years, you'd be totally right. I think this year is sort of a situation where, like, I don't know, man. It's weird. Last year, I had Mahomes in uh, in one of my leagues, and I flipped him for Saquon Barkley about three or four weeks into the season, and I ended up going to the championship. So you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And there are probably people out there so in love with Lamar Jackson, quarterback, running back, hybrid, a guy with a big arm who's shown off a lot of talent, uh, talent that we all knew he had. And, and forget about the, the the opponents because you can only play who's who's opposite you. And this week he's got a great matchup too. I don't want to hear about it. Um, his value it, it might not ever be higher than it is right now. He is just playing out of his mind well. Well, we got plenty to talk about today. Of course, there's uh, all sorts of headlines we're going to get to. We got our week three preview with our gold mines, our wastelands, and some of our streaming options. And uh, we'll talk to Jeff Ratcliffe. It'll be a new recurring feature on the podcast uh, on our Wednesday shows from Pro Football Focus. Jeff, really smart guy. So we're uh, excited. One of the best him. in the business. We are excited to have him. I hold him in esteem show. just like I do Graham Barfield and Marcus Graham. But uh, before we do all of that, we'll go behind the glass as always and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, Daniel Jones, man. Yeah. How you feeling? I mean, it's it's just a weird time because obviously with uh, since 2004, I've been used to Eli Manning like as you know, I was a kid and now I've grown it's up most with of him. your lifetime. And the, and the same goes for guys like Drew Brees and, and, uh, and Big Ben and who knows what's up with with Cam or Phil Rivers, you know, like these guys that I've always been used to. But Eli, especially obviously rooting for the Giants, winning Super Bowls. So it's like it's a sad thing. Um, 
I'm excited for Jones. I'm excited for a mobile quarterback. I'm excited for a guy that has a little more juice in his arm. But uh, I don't think the franchise handled it very well at all for a number of reasons. And I'm also unsure if it's smart to even put Daniel Jones in now with the team as bad as they are without Sterling Shepard, without Golden Tate for two more games. Uh, the defense is, besides maybe the Dolphins, the worst in the league. So it's like, hey, if you want to throw him to the Wolves and beat him around uh, like just to get him a couple reps, okay. I think I fall in line more with letting him just hold the clipboard, learn from Eli, and and then you know try to go at it next year when the team has a couple more pieces. But uh, we will see. Do I mean, you, do you actually learn from Eli at this point? Um, more. I, I I think. <laughs> I mean, I I think his physical ability. Daniel Jones is light years ahead of him, but right. I think Eli knows how to prepare. I think Eli is good with you know reading defense, this and that. Like, I I mean, he's limited Eli right now. What he could do. But, I was just being facetious. Oh yeah, I, I I'm sure. I like I this think. move, man. It's good for the league. It really is. Sure. I think it's good for the Giants um, because they're, they're going to get some press. And I'm really interested to see because he looked good in the preseason. He I'm did. very interested to see what he can do. I mean, Tampa Bay, I think their defense is a bit underrated. They've been kind of tough this season so far, uh, and it's a home game. But I'm very interested to see what he can do. I'm also very interested to see, as always, when I'm talking about a rookie quarterback, what he can do with those legs because, you know, he, he had a good 40 he, time. He yeah, had, and, and at Duke, I mean, one season, I think he rushed for over 500 yards. So... We, we always talk about how running quarterbacks can be valuable in fantasy football. Typically, rookies who can run at that position have a little more value. So I'm really interested to see uh, what this kid can one, do. One other thing to note, too, about Daniel Jones is, like, Duke's offensive line was terrible yeah. right. in college. Yeah. I mean, the Giants have a legitimately good offensive it's a lot line. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a lot better, better yeah. sure. So, yeah, the receivers aren't bad. I mean, it, it's definitely not a good situation. The receivers that was, isn't just terrible right now. That was sort of my, my thought about everybody saying, well, they're putting him in, and yeah. he doesn't have a lot around him. I'm like, remember, he started three years at Duke. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That offensive line is, is not that bad. It will be awesome to see a quarterback that could move laterally and could dodge a pass <laughs> rusher because Eli is the king of, like, just the self-sack. Like, he sees a guy coming because I'm just going to drop to the floor and just take Look, it. Look, so. man, Eli Manning has been a turtle in the pocket yeah. for three years. Yeah. So, well, anyway, it'll be interesting to see. And worst-case scenario, he's got Saquon and Evan Ingram he can dump the football to when, uh, when things get hairy back there. So, curious to see how this goes. All right, in the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. Well, we were talking about it, so let's just start right there. Eli Manning is out as the Giants starter. Daniel Jones is in for this week's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We just talked about what we expect from Jones, or at least what he brings to the table there. Fabs, I think the next question is, what does this mean, at least in the short term, for guys like Saquon Barkley, for Evan Ingram, and I guess, you know, down the road, the rest of those Giants pass catchers, you know, once Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate get back, what does this mean for that group? Yeah, I don't know that I devalue them. At all, I mean, Saquon, Saquon. I think Evan Ingram's still going to see a ton of targets. And, I mean, honestly, is Daniel Jones a downgrade from Eli? I mean, I, it, and from a playmaking standpoint, I, I don't know that he, I don't think that he is. This is an upgrade. Yeah. If you're an I mean, Evan Ingram fantasy that's what owner. I, I believe that. If you're an Evan Ingram fantasy owner, Saquon is Saquon. Saquon does his own thing. But if you're an Evan Ingram fantasy owner, you've got to be thrilled. It's not only just the quality of the passes that, that might you know be a little bit better with Daniel Jones under, under, uh, under center, but it's something we were just talking about with Eddie is like, Daniel Jones can actually extend plays and extend drives with his legs. And that's that's that gives, you know, the Giants more play opportunity. That's and it's something that they haven't been able to do with with Eli in quite some time. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm look, selfishly because I have Evan Ingram on a couple of squads. I'm, I'm hoping that this kind of turns out well for them. Um, I have more than a couple squads with Evan Ingram. But, I mean, I, I do think, you know, the, the outlook does get better. Like I said, uh, Sterling Shepard hopefully back really soon. I saw this morning that he is, he's practicing in a non-contact jersey, which is sort of a step in the right direction as he goes through the concussion protocol. Uh, we know Golden Tate still has to sit out, what, two more games? Uh, yep. with his suspension right now. Right. So, But uh, in the very near future, what is a pretty uh, empty wide receiver core is going to get a little bit better. So uh, hopefully that, that also uh, adds to the outlook there for, for Danny Dimes, which I kind of dig that nickname, by the way. Where did, uh, that, where did that come I'm from? I'm not sure where it came from. I don't from. know. Is that from Duke or something? I don't know where it came from. I, I, saw, I, I, I picked it up from Twitter, and I'm not sure who it was or where it started from, but I'm, I'm definitely, yeah. I've definitely stolen it. I'm down. I'm down with it. Uh, the latest out of New England, really no news. Uh, Antonio Brown at the moment still eligible to play in week three for the Patriots. And uh, they have the uh, the Jetropolitans this week, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, look, man, if AB's playing, you start him. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, simple, I mean, right? from a fantasy perspective, no news is good news when it comes to Antonio Brown. So unless something changes here, you just keep him in your lineup. He didn't play a whole complement of snaps last week, but when he was on the field, he got the yeah. ball thrown in his direction. Dude, it was, it was hilarious. So AB only ran 17 routes last week. That was way behind even Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon. Uh, but he saw eight targets on those seventeen rounds. So yeah. every time he was on the field, he was he was getting the rock. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much all we got to say about that. Uh, Cam Newton aggravated his foot injury. It is a I believe a midfoot sprain is a, officially what they are calling it. His status for this week's game is not certain. Uh, I mean, Graham, the matchup is so good against the Cardinals, yep. but. If this is really a foot injury, that means he can't run again, and it it it's hard to start him. And if if he is less than 100%, how difficult is it to rely on DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, mm-hmm. even Greg Olson in that offense? Super disappointing because this is obviously such a good spot for the Panthers. I mean, really the Cardinals, good spot. The Cardinals have given up a top eight quarterback in back-to-back games now. The Cardinals run a ton of plays, and it juices up the other team's play volume. But, yeah, we can't rely on Cam here. I mean, we'll see. We'll have to see how it goes with the practice reports on Thursday and Friday, but it does not sound good. As for Moore and Samuel, I mean, I this is – Cam is a shell of himself right now. Yep. I don't necessarily think it is a complete disaster for both of them. The way that they're using DJ Moore on kind of just like this low average depth of target, he's kind of just targeted on these like slant routes. Curtis Samuel might see uh, this maybe the, the biggest dip in, in value, but even then, like Cam is missing him in wide open throws, missing him deep. I, I, it's just I, I because of where Cam Newton is at right now with his health and as a passer, and where he's at in the context of this offense, I don't necessarily think it's a killer for any of their pass catchers. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's true. And so I, hopefully that that keeps them keeps them kind of valuable. Uh, they will go to Kyle Allen though, because Will Greer looked. Will Greer is not ready. Yeah, Will yeah. Greer was a disaster he's, in the preseason. He's not ready yet. Imagine if we have an. I mean, then, then you, so going into week three. You got Bridgewater starting. You got Daniel Jones starting. You got Mason Rudolph starting. You got uh, Luke Falk starting, and okay. then you may have Kyle, Kyle Allen starting. Let's not it's, put it's, let's not put Daniel Jones and maybe even no no Mason no. Rudolph but we're talking about yeah. inexperienced quarterbacks. No, I got you. I got you. You know, or backup quarterbacks who are now starting like, for their respective two, at teams. At least two of those dudes have a ton of talent. Like at least one of them. Oh no, does. yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm I just, absolutely. I'm just saying. I, I right now, I based on what we saw from Cam in the first two weeks, I'm not sure Kyle Allen is a total total nightmare downgrade but i could definitely look like an idiot on monday morning when i'm when i'm when we come back and after we've watched the cardinals panthers film oh man 
Uh, bad news out of Cincinnati. A.J. Green saying he expects to be sidelined longer than the originally reported six to eight week timeline. You Love know, and it. I guess and it, it is interesting now that, you know, looking back on this, uh, six to eight weeks, I don't think ever came from the team or anybody associated with the team. If you remember, Zach Taylor was saying we're hoping to have him back for the second half of the season. Yep. And I think that's where people maybe got the eight weeks from. But the team itself has never really said anything. Yep. So, I mean, Fabs, all those kind of hopeful, expectant shares of A.J. Green that people had, I mean, what do you do with them? I mean, that's why I wasn't touching him. Uh, I didn't get him in any leagues. Uh, he was going, what, fifth, sixth round, just based on name value, really. And uh, we had talked about it during the preseason, too. I mean, this guy's had multiple lower leg injuries over the last couple of seasons. He hasn't been durable. He's had this ankle. He's had the toe. So when he comes back, I mean, if he's 100 percent and it seems like he will not come back until he's 100 percent, he could end up being a valuable piece for fantasy owners in the second half. The Bengals are throwing the football over 75 percent of the time. OK, right now, Tyler Boyd and John Ross are top 10 wide receivers based on targets. Yep. So this is an offense that really is very friendly to the wide receivers and not so much for Joey Mixon, unfortunately, at least for the first couple of weeks. But. A little bit. You, st you stick with A.J. Green and, and, and you, you hope for the best. A little bit of that high pass rate through two games is because they got destroyed by the 49ers and the Bengals offensive line right now is it's bad. But I, they, get, I mean, they, they can't they, run the ball. They, they, they put up 418 on the Seahawks yeah. in Seattle. I mean, they're going to throw it. But, but Fabs, you're right. This, this goes back to the conversation we had in the summer. I think we even talked about with the fantasy footballers when they were on mm. um, is you can't get caught up in injury optimism. You know, every time a player, we, we have these timelines where basically it's no timeline. Like you mentioned, Zach Taylor came out and said, you know, we're, we're hoping to get him back by midseason. No beat reporters gave any sort of actual injury timeline for return. Uh, you can't get sucked into these situations and, and you'll end up having to sit on A.J. Green with your bench for multiple weeks that you weren't expecting. Yeah, uh, I think the only place I have him, I got him in an auction league for like 10 bucks. Uh, as See, my, that's fine. As my third or fourth receiver. So, like, I, I'm willing to kind of wait this out. But if I had actually spent some real draft capital yeah. on him, I might be twisted up about what to do. Yeah, right 10, now. 10 bucks in an auction league is like eighth round or ninth round draft value. So, yeah, so it, that'll be interesting. Uh, more wide receiver news. This out of Philadelphia. A, a pair of Eagles wideouts are dealing with injuries. Deshaun Jackson has a groin injury. He is expected to miss week three, could even miss week four, uh, is what they are saying right now. Alshon Jeffrey dealing with a calf strain. He is in doubt for Sunday as well. So, uh, Graham, we firing up our shares of uh, Nelson. And Aguilar and J.J. Arthega white side right now? Yeah, I, I think Aguilar was a fine uh, volume play out of the slot for PPR leagues, but I'm very excited to see J.J. Arthega white side. Um, played a full-time role last week with all of their injuries. Basically played every single snap except for five or six. Uh, only saw four targets, caught one ball for four yards. But I, now that he's got a full week to prepare, he'll have a full week to practice with Wentz and play with the ones. He's already practicing with the ones right now on Wednesday morning. Um I think Arthago Whiteside has way, way more upside this week than than Aguilar. You know, that's a guy that I, I took some late round shots at too, just sort of on the assumption that, you know, you had a couple of guys in Jackson and Jeffrey that mm -hmm. struggled staying on the field and staying healthy. Certainly didn't think that it would come into play this early in the season, but I mean I guess we always sort of knew that it was This is a good draw for Aguilar though. He'll avoid Darius Slay out of the slot this week too, and I think the Eagles should be able to make pretty quick work of the yeah, I mean, I, I, he's a guy that I would pick up and stream if I needed him, you know, DFS as well. Uh, I think I think there's a 
there's some production out there that, that can be had. I mean, the Eagles are going to – they haven't been able to establish the run as much as we like Miles Sanders. No. Through a couple of weeks, they can't establish the you run know, so far. So What's going to happen here is we're going to sit here and talk about Aguilar and Ortega Whiteside, and Zach Ertz is going to see 15 targets. <laughs> it won't matter. No. It won't matter. Yep. Uh, of course, because that's the way the world works. <laughs> Wasn't it – was the last time Detroit – and Philadelphia played in Philadelphia. Was that that snow game? You oh, remember the that snow LaShawn game. McCoy had like a big old chunk of. Do ice you remember in that? Where like Matthew Stafford had like a huge game. McCoy had McCoy. A McCoy, McCoy, McCoy went McCoy nuts, game, right? That, that, that might have been, been the last time that that they were there. That's true. You you very well may be right. Yeah. With that one. Uh, last bit of news: Trevor Simeon is out for the year after suffering that awful looking ankle injury on Monday night against the Browns. Luke Falk is the starter for the foreseeable future, but I guess on the positive side. Sam Darnold uh, was allowed back in the building. He had been quarantined in his own apartment <laughs> for uh, at least a week or two. Don't come in. Dude. He's allowed to at least kind of hang around in the office right now, which seems positive. And he says he's only lost two pounds because he's been just like housing snacks uh, for the whole time he's been there. Bro, when I was in my late 20s, I was working at CBS Sportsline. I got mono mm. uh, Epstein-Barr virus. And it kicked my ass. I was out of work for like over a month. I was down to 140 pounds. Ooh. And it also uh, it also had uh, a side effect that I'm going to be dealing with my entire life. You know about that, the cardiac situation. But um, that mono is no joke. And when you have mono, it enlarges your spleen. And so if a guy goes out there and tries to play football and gets hit the right way, yep. he could be it's a fatally... Like that, that could be the end. It's a serious. Help it is it's not anything help to mess risk. around with. Yeah, it absolutely. is not anything to mess around with. So hopefully he gets well soon. And um, <laughs> I mean, now, hell, the Patriots defense might score 40 this week. I mean, 37 last sure. week against the Dolphins. They may go even for more this week. So is there anybody in that offense besides Le'Veon Bell? that you feel comfortable with. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Robbie Anderson's going to start getting dropped, right? He's going to start getting dropped. He's done nothing. Uh, Crowder will probably hold on to it because people know that when Donald comes back, he, he likes to target the slot receiver. So I think he'll hang on for some value, but also keep in mind that you're going to have Donald come back and then you're going to get Chris Herndon back from yeah. the suspension. So then that Jets defense suddenly can have a little bit of value moving on throughout I, the rest of the I, season. I was going to say the only pass catcher that I'm going to be stashing on my teams in the next like four to five weeks is Herndon because when yeah. her Chris Herndon will come back in week five off their bye, and that's around the time we're expecting Darnold to return to and tight end unsurprisingly has been a little bit of a disaster. <sighs> this year. Man, yeah, it we, has been. We started with so much optimism about the tight end position yeah. at the beginning of the year. Hunter Henry, Got hurt, and O.J. Howard's Man. been dis disappointment so far. What what can we expect? So a lot of people drafted Mark Andrews, and uh, Graham and I and Marcus will say, you're welcome, because he's been a stud. Um, if you drafted a tight end ahead of him, which most people did, like I have a league where I have Ertz and Andrews. I can't start Andrews. What am I going to do? I can't bench Ertz. So what is the price tag in a trade for a Mark Andrews? So say you wanted a running back. Which running back could you fairly get in a deal for the number one tight end in fantasy football right now after two weeks. So I would think of at least fourth or fifth round value for yeah. what we were doing. I mean, it's an, it's an RB two for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, yeah. Like a, like a Damian Williams type, something like that. Maybe. What about Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley, I think is fair. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I can see that. Yep. It happened. And, and again, like Marcus, you know, when, if you're not trading, you're not trying. Right. If after a couple of weeks you have depth at a certain position, like if you have like Ertz and Andrews, like I have at tight end, you should be trying to get out there and improve a weaker part of your roster now while the iron's hot. And I always like to do that I because 
Mark Andrews has sat on my bench for two weeks and he's got 50 points. He's done nothing for me. I got Ertz. So, like, what am I going to do? You wanna get I'm going to try to flip him. You want to get paid for drafting well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So always be looking at those rosters that are that are in your league and seeing maybe, you know, who's got O.J. Howard and might be freaking out right now or who might have left Eric Ebron as their tight end one and, and are regretting that. Yeah. You, you really want to be checking those things out starting right now. So... There you go. That uh, is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Hey, a new thing we will be doing on the show on Wednesdays. We are very excited about it. Uh, we will take some time every Wednesday to talk to Jeff Radcliffe from PFF. He will come on and uh, give us his insight, his wisdom. You can find him on Twitter at, uh, easily enough, Jeff Radcliffe. Jeff, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? I'm fired up. You know, the preseason's finally done here with week two out of the way. So <laughs> we actually can have some real football and we can stop freaking out over every. I, all right. I get ahead of myself. Everybody's going to freak out regardless. <laughs> but week three is an exciting time. Absolutely. You know, I got to ask because this actually wasn't even on my list of things to ask you. But you are in Philadelphia. And uh, I know it's to the point that they have canceled Wednesday practice, presumably to try to heal everybody up. Um, you know, we, we know Deshaun Jackson likely not to play. Uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey likely not to play. So I have to ask, are you suiting up at wide receiver? And uh, how many targets should we expect from you this week? I, I am certainly on not only the wrong side of 30, but the wrong side of 40 at this point. So I think my <laughs> best shot in the NFL is as a kicker. Adam Vinatieri, though, not doing us well, the 40-year-olds out there. So I, I don't think I'll be suiting up this week. But legitimately, I mean, at this point, obviously, you know, if this is a boost for Nelson Aguilar. Presumably it's a boost for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I mean, but are these guys that, that folks legitimately should be putting their trust in in the next week or two? I think you could possibly get away with Nelson Aguilar. I mean, we did see double-digit uh, targets for him this past week. So he he certainly can have that workload. Now, granted, the, the costly drop aside, I'm not really worried about that for fantasy purposes. I think people put too much stock into drops. Uh, I'm not in any leagues where you lose points for drops. So uh, don't worry too much there. The volume will be there. I think Arthega Whiteside is an interesting player as well. It's a deep league play, though. He's a spot start guy. But we very likely could see him in that Alshon role, which is an every down role in that offense. Certainly with Carson Wentz taking shots like he does, there's some upside, but it's a volatile play. Jeff, what's up, brother? It's Fabs here. And um, we, we got a, a little bit of a mess at the quarterback position between all of these injuries and players losing their jobs and then just what's going on in Miami. So uh, two guys who are now on the fantasy radar, Mason Rudolph and Daniel Jones. If you had to pick one, who would it be and why? Uh, for me, believe it or not, I, I think I would go with Danny Dimes just because yes. Mason Rudolph for me is very volatile. Now, I like that Rudolph takes shots downfield. His presence is, is certainly a downgrade, though, across the board for those guys in Pittsburgh. He has the weapons. But what I like about Daniel Jones is you have the ultimate check down, obviously, in Saquon Barkley. And Saquon, for what it's worth, Saquon's been phenomenal. As bad as this team is, he's getting his. So you have to love that for fantasy purposes. But, but you know, Evan Ingram, plus this wide receiver group is going to get better in the coming weeks. Golden Tate coming back in two weeks from suspension. Hopefully Sterling Shepard gets through the concussion protocol. And I just like how efficient Daniel Jones was, uh, you know, in the preseason. So it's close, 
but I'm going to go with Jones. Yeah, Jeff, I feel like people are kind of forgetting that Daniel Jones is also like a decent scrambler. Like that's something that he did is break contain and, and scramble and, and score touchdowns uh, while scrambling at Duke. I, I kind of think Daniel Jones has like sneaky, sneaky low end upside, especially if he's like, we already know he's significantly more mobile than Eli, but if he's like as decent as we thought he was in the preseason, he, he looked awesome. Um, if he takes a step forward here, I actually think we'll be maybe discussing him as a streamer if he keeps scrambling in the pros. Uh, certainly in two quarterback formats, too. You got to be looking at, you know, basically every quarterback who's starting should be pretty much owned in your two quarterback leagues. Uh, speaking of Mason Rudolph, though, I mean, I think you know, while I know a lot of folks aren't necessarily grabbing him and planning to start him, there is some kind of ancillary concern about what this means for guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, what this means for the guys in the backfield, be it James Conner or Jalen Samuels. Jeff, I've sort of talked myself into believing everything's going to be okay with Juju as long as Rudolph is willing to stand back there and, and chuck it deep a little bit. I mean, am I am I fooling myself or is there maybe some truth to that? Well, I don't think you're fooling yourself. You're not exactly in the burning building just saying, hey, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but the, the thing about Juju and the, the reason why we like him so much just in general is he's a volume play. I mean, it's all about the volume in fantasy football regardless of who you're talking about, regardless of who's under center, they're going to keep taking shots at him. Now, I did move him down in my rankings this week. There's no getting around the fact that it is a little bit of a downgrade, but you just keep at it with him. He's still a wide receiver one. I think James Washington is the most interesting here because they have the connection. We know that it was there in college, and we've seen it in the preseason. Mason takes shots, Washington gets downfield, and he makes plays. And and what's so fascinating about him is this is a guy. He it's not like he ran four three at the combine. He was a four or five guy, but in pads, he's a lot faster. More importantly, last week, the Dante Moncrief debacle. It was the Dante debacle last week. Dante mm-hmm. Pettis, Dante Moncrief, get rid of these guys. <laughs> but Moncrief now is uh moving down. He was fifth on the team in routes run last week. And, you know, we saw Washington move up. He's second on the team in routes run. So his arrow actually is pointing up even with Rudolph under center. I'm with you on this too, Jeff. I actually like Rudolph a little bit just because he can push the ball down the field. I mean, last uh, last week it wasn't, you know, he didn't act absolutely just, you know, pull a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but he still threw for nearly eight, uh, over eight air yards per attempt, which is significantly higher than Teddy Bridgewater and kind of what else we expect from backup quarterbacks who typically check it down. At the very least, I think we should expect like Rudolph to at least push the ball down the field, which is, which is all we want for fantasy for a backup quarterback. And it, you know, Graham, another thing too is Ben Roethlisberger over the last several years has been one of the guys who takes the most shots to the end zone last year, led the league with 50 end zone throws And we saw even last week, he had two in that game. Well, Rudolph threw the end zone three times, and that is three more times than Cam Newton has thrown to the end zone this year. So that's a good number because your highest percentage throws in terms of touchdown conversions are to the end zone. The fact that he's already taking those shots at least bodes well, you know, for streamer purposes. I've seen some people out there, though, who have maybe prioritized him a little bit too much this week. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We have to see it before we believe it for fantasy. Uh, So I I asked this next question knowing that I was a little bit of a skeptic and slow to come around, but Josh Allen, you know, obviously finished last year strong, has had a pretty good start to this year, but it seems like the general public is a little bit slow to kind of pick up on this. And like I said, I I was a skeptic as well, but I'm starting to come around. But why, why aren't more people buying into Josh Allen right now? I mean, maybe they're, maybe it's the whole notion of you have to be a traditional quarterback to be a fantasy option. I, I don't get it either because in, in a modern sense, 
I'm going to take a guy who can run the football and and maybe isn't the best passer, but if he's going to rack up yards with his legs or get in the end zone like Allen has done in each of the first two weeks, that's a viable fantasy option. I mean, a lot of people forget Tim freaking Tebow was a good <laughs> fantasy option for a brief period. Of time, I bring that up was all the time. Yeah, I always yeah, people, mention people Tebow. Yeah, and so with, yeah, go go ahead, bud. I'm saying so, you know, with Allen, you have upside. There's volatility with his arm. But I mean, at worst, what are you losing? Two points for an interception. Big deal. He has John Brown, who another guy. Why is John Brown not owned in more leagues? He needs to be owned across the board. He's been he's you know, nothing but good so far this season. He was really good with Joe Flacco last year as a top 24 wide receiver getting all those targets, and he has the ability to make big plays. I mean, I think we're just generally selling both him and Allen short right now. Yeah, to, to me, Allen is Cam Newton when Cam Newton was good. I, bottom line, dude. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between their games, their size. They got big arms. They ran with the football. Cam did used to run with the football, at least. And I'd rather have Josh Allen. or If Cam Newton is on my roster and Josh Allen is on the waiver wire, I will pick up Allen and cut Cam 10 times out of 10 right now. And there's not even a question about it. I don't have a huge issue with that. Just given the depth at quarterback, like if you really, it, it, people have to realize, I mean, Hey, it's your team. You're running your team. Bro, Cam's done. Like Cam. Cam is done. He's done. It's, it's over then, for him. You know, as a fantasy yeah, quarterback. Get rid of him. Yeah. But Josh Allen, the, the difference though is, you know, historically a lot of those runs with Cam were design runs too, like earlier in his career. These are not designed for Allen, but yeah, he he's kind of like true. the ultimate like one read go. Like, oh, he's not there. All right, I'm going. And and that's exactly why he racked up over 600 rushing yards last year. And we heard all of this talk in the preseason, like the, the bills are going to give him more time. He's going to have more time to throw. Don't expect as much scrambling. Yeah. He's scrambling just as much this year, which is good for fantasy. Uh, you mentioned John Brown. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about another speedy guy named John, John Ross, who's had two really good weeks to start the season was sort of a non-entity for his first, uh, you know, few games in the, in the national football league. Uh, Again, me being the skeptic, should we buy into what we've seen from John Ross? Well, I'm curious as to how much three wide we're going to see once A.J. Green comes back. I would expect a lot because of the the pedigree there with um, Zach Taylor. So if that's the case, Ross will continue to be on the field a whole heck of a lot. I just... I mean, to expect 100-plus performances, to expect touchdowns week in and week out is a bit of a stretch for a player of his type. But the one good thing that we had from John Ross this past week is that he actually did lead the team in routes run. He was out there for just a few more routes than Tyler Boyd. So they're using him, and they're using him a whole heck of a lot. Now the question, in addition to what is A.J.'s impact whenever A.J. gets back on the field, is how long can John Ross stay healthy? That has been the issue. I mean, the guy even got hurt during the combine. So, you know, it's it's the constant issue with him. But, you know, if you're in those leagues where you you need, you know, big play upside, then certainly he's going to be a viable asset uh, for sure. I, I'm buying into it to a degree in that I'm saying he's a top 50. He should be owned going forward. I'm just not buying into he's going to consistently put up these numbers week in and week out. All right, so Jeff, as we kind of wrap this up, the, the most important thing in fantasy that you have learned and that, that other people need to take away from what we've seen, you know, like you said, like now that the preseason is over, uh, what is the most important thing you've seen that, that everybody should be kind of paying attention to after the first two weeks? Oh, there's a lot of different stats out there that I've been paying attention to. I mean, generally speaking, I always preach 
uh, just patience. Patience is so important. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Every week is a sprint. I can't believe we're already at Wednesday, but it's a marathon. We have to let things unfold, and you have to give players a little bit more than just two weeks of the season before you completely cut bait. But a couple interesting stats just want to throw out there. So far this season, David Johnson has yet to face base defense on any of his carries. Like, remember the difference between Todd Gurley under Jeff Fisher and then Todd Gurley the last two seasons under Sean McVay? That was the difference. So David Johnson still trending in the right direction. And if he continues to see this advantage on a play-by-play basis, he is going to eventually explode here. So I like that. I like David Montgomery's usage in week two. Five goal line carries. Now, he only scored on one, but he's getting the looks down there. Keenan Allen, the only receiver with over a 30% target share so far and had four end zone targets and one more go back to the Cardinals. How about the fountain of youth for Larry Fitzgerald? He yes. had four, he's had four <laughs> end zone targets so far, but the big stat for this six targets of over 20 yards in the air last year, he only saw 15 the year before only 12. Maybe there's just a little bit more life left for fantasy purposes with Larry Fitzgerald. I like what we're seeing so far with with Kyle. A little bit. I I mean, uh, both Fitz and and Christian Kirk are in the top 10 among wide receivers and targets like the offense sort of is what we were hoping it was going to be. I mean, this, this shouldn't have been a big surprise, right? I mean, how many retirees go down to the desert and just kind of prolong their their activity down there? You know, we should we should have seen this coming. (laughs) <laughs> hey jeff we appreciate the time uh make, make sure everybody that you go read him over at pro football focus you can find him on twitter as well we appreciate it jeff we'll do this every wednesday man be good sounds good guys take care buddy thanks again to jeff ratcliffe for his time you can hear him on our show every wednesday uh for the next few months so we're looking forward to that our partnership with uh, pff uh, should be fun so looking forward to, to chatting with him uh every week all right it is week three at least you know Starting tomorrow will be the beginning of week three with the the Thursday night classic Jaguars-Titans. It's a tradition unlike any other. I was, know, very, right? was very surprised to see they're getting this one out of the way so early in the year. I feel like I know. this is more of a mid-season, kind oh. of October, November. You remember, season. like, they play every Thursday, every season, and, like, they they had the ugly mustard jerseys against oh, those light blue those were jerseys. Awful. Those were terrible. Those were awful. Terrible. That is That might be the worst color rush uh that or the uh, the year the Rams and Bucks played, and it looked like ketchup and mustard bottles going yeah. against. The no, team. that was, and then the, and then you had remember the Jets Bills, the red green, where people were. You found out who was colorblind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like Christmas in a football game. I also remember. I think uh, I think that Rams Bucks game on Thursday night uh, was the same night as. Hey, The Force Awakens. The same thing The Force Awakens uh, premiere. You're right. In That's right. Because well, we were talking about that on the show. Yeah. Uh, by the way, any any uniform that the Buccaneers wear that are not the 80s creamsicles or the whites uh, are inferior. And these alarm clock jerseys, they need to go. They're horrible. <laughs> They're hey, terrible. I'm just happy the Jags have gotten rid of their terrible two-tone helmets. Yeah. Yeah. That the Jack's new logo is actually good. I like it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a slight difference, but it looks good. Yeah, the, the, the two-tone helmet was not not a good look at all. Uh, all right, so let's look at some, uh, some of the potential fantasy gold mines this week. And it was sort of a weird week schedule-wise because, like, when I got to the Wastelands, I wasn't really sold on any of them being particularly bad. Uh, even some of the streamers, I think, are, are sort of questionable this week. But we'll we'll talk it through, and we'll, we'll try to figure this out. Baltimore, Kansas City, though, right? And I know the Ravens' defense is good, but, man, we're talking about the Chiefs' offense, right? I mean, this this really is, what, unstoppable force against immovable object. We know that the Chiefs' defense has some holes. 
even though there's talk that uh, they may make a move potentially for Jalen Ramsey. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, I like Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews, what those Hollywood Brown, what those guys have been doing. We know who the Chiefs are. This one, Fabs, looks like there could be a whole lot of fantasy points in it. Yeah, man. This game is going to be a lot of fun. As I mentioned on Monday, it's last year's breakout value at quarterback and this year's breakout value at quarterback. It's going to be so much fun. I wonder who's doing that game. I mean, it's got to be a CBS game. I wonder if Jimmy's doing that game because that is the that is the headliner. I mean, two young, talented quarterbacks in explosive offenses. So I'm really interested to see if Marquise Brown can continue to do what he's done uh, over his first couple of weeks because that guy's come out of absolute nowhere. No one in the fantasy industry was on him because he was banged up and missed so much preseason time and then run-based offense. What's he going to do? And suddenly he's been great. But... What I'm more interested to see, and we don't have the answer to this. We just don't. We're not in the locker room. Who is going to end up being this week's Chiefs wide receiver who goes <laughs> off? Two weeks ago, it was Sammy. Then last week, it was DeMarcus. And now, I mean, is it going to be Cole Hardman? I have no idea. They may pull somebody out of the crowd to go for 102 touchdowns. We'll see. But that offense is that good. And I thought they would miss Tyreek Hill somewhat. Graham, they don't miss him at all. Not yeah, at all. Well, well, it won't matter when you've got it doesn't matter when you've got QB God. Uh, on the <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side of this Ravens secondary, they're going to they might be without Jimmy Smith again, who's out with uh, an injury last week. And that just further helps this matchup for for me, Cole Hardman and, and Demarcus Robinson. But both of these guys are just I mean, they, they're receiver threes with just massive spiked week potential. Yeah. Um, yep. Babs, where do you have Marquise Brown in your ranks this week? Because I kind of think he, I have him. I have him in my top 30. Last week, I had him in my top 30. Uh, and again, I only do ranks for PPR League, so oh, because that's all that's all we have at this point. So I'm going to look at it right now so I can give you an exact answer. But I'm pretty sure that he's in my top 30 wide receivers, and I have him right around the same spot. At, he's 26. Yeah. I have him with nice. Tyler Boyd, Christian nice. Kirk. Um, yeah. behind Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley. But, I mean, he's a, he's a flex starter this week, and, and in some leagues he's going to be a, a wide receiver too. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's a receiver too. Like yeah. Top, 20, top 24 play this week. Yep. It's such a good spot. Yeah. Uh, next one, Houston at the Chargers. I almost said Clippers, man. I wrote LAC on the rundown. I always think Los Angeles Clippers. Hey, I almost for said like that. like two years, I basically kept – Riding San Diego down. So, so like, I mean, we, we can't keep up with their abbreviation. I know, right? Uh, but the Houston Texans at the Chargers. Um, I know the Texans offense was not great last week, but I still believe in this group. Deshaun Watson, Nuke Hopkins. I mean, Carlos Hyde uh, has been, I think, better than, than a lot of people would have anticipated this season. And I think the Chargers bounce back after just kind of a lackluster offensive performance there. Maybe if they can get a kicker. Uh, Mike Badgley, is he back yet? Because they, they need yeah, him back at, I think at we're, the kicker yeah, spot. I don't know. But, uh, but Graham, I, I do mm. think that there is potential for some fireworks in this game, too. Yeah, this is another great game. The Texans have actually given up, like, the sixth or seventh most receptions to running backs already. So this is just another, yet another smash spot for Eckler at home, favored against a team that does not have good linebackers to cover him uh, when he's out in his routes. Um, yeah, you mentioned it, too. This is, I think, kind of a... A little bit of a test for this Texans team, right? They came out super flat against the Jags in a good spot at home against a Jags team that was missing two of their 11 starters. Um, now they're, you know, coming back across the country to play Chargers on the road. Um, definitely not the best paper draw for them, but this is Deshaun Watson, and he's got his best weapons ever. So one of the biggest questions that this game is going to bring out from a fantasy perspective is 
Well, Carlos Hyde is back, and Carlos Hyde dominated the snaps, and he dominated the touches last week. Now, this matchup is favorable on paper. In week one, Marlon Mack went off against the L.A. Chargers, had that long touchdown run. Then in week two, Derrick Henry had a nice game against the Colts. Are you starting Carlos Hyde, or is it Duke Johnson? I, You know, it's funny because I, I, I have a, I just made a, a, a transaction in a league where I got Carlos Hyde on waivers. I already had Duke Johnson, so I'm staring at him. For the moment, I have slid Carlos Hyde into the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but that's what it is. If, right we're, if we're learning from the most recent game and the most recent stat, snap percentages and touches, Carlos Hyde's the guy to own there, right? Yeah, I, I think that that game script was perfect for Hyde in the sense that they, the Texans were up basically the entire game. They were trying to control the game, and he got all the he got most of the carries. Um, but yeah, I think in games where the Texans are going to be behind or the, it's more pass heavy game script. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be more Duke, but yeah, it's 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 this situation is one that I misread. I thought Duke would would be uh, the clear lead here, and, and Carlos Hyde's played well. Credit I think we all did, yeah. and we were all poo pooing Carlos. And uh, apologies to him because he's looked like the better back through two weeks. Yeah, uh, he's been really efficient too, with a, a fairly low number of touches. Yeah, that's uh, yep. interesting. Uh, last one on my list of potential gold mines: Rams at Browns. Um, you know, it, it's funny because. The Rams haven't – both of these offenses have sort of looked out of sorts. Like, they've been right. they've been moving the ball. You know, Gurley has done his thing. You know, Goff has had some decent numbers. Uh, but same with the Browns. I mean, you know, OBJ had the huge game, obviously, on Monday night. The Browns get their win. Baker Mayfield's put up some decent numbers. But, Fabs, neither one of these offense, offenses look like they've been clicking the way we are expecting them to. This yeah, season. And Goff is my sit of the week at quarterback. And again, I, I mentioned to you guys that a lot of the bad quarterbacks have the bad matchups and it's too obvious to put them in the column. Uh, you're going to stick with your studs. But Goff has not been a stud so far this season. Nope. If you take away the rushing touchdown, which Goff is typically not going to give you a rushing touchdown, he has scored 22.5 points this season. That's it. Carolina shut them down in the passing game. Last week, he did next to nothing. It was all about that touchdown, that additional six points. If he didn't give you that, he gave you nothing. And I just feel like the Browns, okay, they lost a laugher against Tennessee and everyone in the world was down on them. And then they beat the Jets, which is no great shakes because their quarterback position is a disaster right now. I feel like the Browns at home against the defending NFC champions. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to have something to prove defensively. And I feel like they're going to put the clamps down on Jared Goff this week. What's going to tilt this game is both teams front four. The Rams obviously have Aaron Donald, who's a cheat code, and the Browns offensive line is, has been sus- suspect yes. at best to start the season. Uh, that That is going to tilt this game. Uh, and on the flip side, Miles Garrett has just been white hot, a man possessed. He's been a man possessed to start the season. Already has five sacks. And the Rams offensive line, we we I kind of touched we, we kind of touched on this in the preseason. This Rams offensive line is not the same. It's banged up, yeah, dude. It's, it's banged up. They yeah. lost, they lost two starters. Yep. Um yeah, I, I, I like this game a lot, but I, I have a feeling it could go uh just a little bit under expectation. Uh yeah, I mean maybe that I, I put it in this in this group but I, I am not sold on it just because neither one of these offenses has been. I'm with you on Goff on. this week, though, Fabs. He's been bad on the road. He has huge yep. home road splits, like sort of like yep. Drew Brees' home road splits. No, I, I, 
I, I would not start him this week. I, I think there are far better options out there. Uh, hell, Josh Allen. I'm going to keep pounding the Josh Allen freaking table because he has been so good. He was the he was the number one quarterback in fantasy for the last five weeks of 2018, and in the first couple of weeks here, I get kind of a stinker in ad game in week one, but then gave you 22 last week. Like uh, people are undervaluing Josh Allen. The fact that Cam Newton is is owned in so many leagues and Josh Allen is not as laughable at this point. So uh, golf is somebody that I feel like people can fade this. We're week. about to get to the fantasy wastelands. And I have a feeling that Bill's Bengals game might be a little bit of a wasteland outside yeah. of Allen and, and John Brown and, and maybe Tyler Boyd, but I, I, didn't put it, I didn't put it on the list, but I looked at it a long time. And maybe let's just talk about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you know, and I guess the reason I didn't is because, you know, Andy Dalton has been slinging it so well. He's been throwing it a lot. You know, uh, Adam Ranks made the point this week that he is on pace legitimately to throw the ball <laughs> 700 times this year. I don't think he's going to get there, but that that gives you an idea of how much they're throwing it, right? The Bills, and, and I guess the other reason I didn't is because Josh Allen has played well, because John Brown has played right. well. Um, you know, Frank Gore is still alive. Um, you know, so, but... That one, Graham, I mean, it's a game that can go either way, I think, this this week. Fair, but this is a much different test for this Bengals team, right? True. I mean, they're going on the road into Buffalo to play a Bills defense that is, I, I've, I mean, they've been so underrated for so long. Guys, the Bills are good. Like, it's time to admit that the Bills are a good team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a competitive team, and this is no cakewalk for this Bengals side. That Yeah, their passing game has been good so far, but I think that's just more of Game script against the 49ers, they had to throw a ton, and the Seahawks secondary is just not good anymore. You know who I like? I hate to say it. The man will never go away. Frank, Frank Gore? Yeah. Stays in our lives. Frank, Frank Gore? Gore looked if, good last week. Singletary's out, it's not a bad spot. Do, it's a great spot. No team has given up more fantasy points to running backs than the Bengals. They got wrecked by San Francisco's entire backfield last week, and in the week before, they got crushed. So, like, hell, dude, I picked up Gore in as many leagues as I can because if Devin can't play this week... Gore is a flex starter at worst. Thoughts on TJ Yeldon? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. All, right. All right. I mean, he'll get That's some that. opportunities if Devin <laughs> can't play, but I mean, Frank Gore is the guy here, dude. That the Bengals settles that is one. bad against the run. Uh, uh, Carolina at, at Arizona, right? We, we've talked about Cam Newton and what this potentially means uh, as a trickle down for the rest of that Carolina offense. Um, you know, the Cardinals offense has been productive most of that coming in the fourth quarters it seems but you know that that panther defense isn't isn't bad um and i wonder if maybe this puts the clamps a little bit on kyler murray and the rest of that group uh and maybe slows them down at home this week yeah i've got kyler out of my top 10 this week at the quarterback position i mean he's he's on the on the fringe in in or actually i'm sorry i have him uh, right at the end of the top 10 this week just because what we saw last week, okay, he didn't get you in the end zone, and we need touchdowns for success in fantasy, but he threw for over 360 yards on the road against the Ravens, okay? This is a home game. He's starting to get comfortable. Obviously, this offense is so friendly to the quarterback position. They're throwing the ball a ton, a lot of offensive plays. David Johnson in the mix. Looks like he's going to be okay from that wrist injury. So I have I have Kyler sort of on the border, uh, QB1 in a 10-team league, and I mean, there, there's going to come a point in the season where you're just going to leave Kyler as your starter and, and he's going to be fine. And that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, and I also feel like, boy, the, the bigger the bigger question mark in this game is like you said it earlier. What happens if Cam Newton doesn't play? And is Kyle Allen that much of a downgrade based on the Cam Newton we've seen over the last four games? And would that keep you from starting Greg Olson, who's had a hot start, who to, uh, DJ Moore, who's had a hot start or Curtis Samuel? This is a great spot for Greg Olson. I mean, the, the yeah, Cardinals, yes. 
The yes. Cardinals last year were one of the best teams in the league against def- uh, against tight ends because Steve Wilkes is one of the best coaches against tight ends. Uh, now he's gone to the Browns. Uh, the, the Cardinals have gotten smashed. TJ Hawkinson ends. went yeah. nuts. One, and then our boy Andrews went yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yep. Hawkinson had 130 and Andrews had over 100 yards last week. This is an amazing spot for Greg Olson here. But uh, on this flip side, I, this is David Johnson disappointed all of us last week. Bad game against the Ravens. But this this is the spot here at home against a reeling Panthers team. This is the this, he's got to go off this week. I hope so. This this has got to be the week. I really hope so. Uh, Saints at Seahawks. And this one, I got to take out. I can totally take this out. But I I just, part of it is the Bridgewater factor and and what this means for the the Saints offense. The other part of this is, uh, look, the Seahawks are so much more exciting when they just let Russell Wilson operate and let him do his thing. But they do seem insistent on being a run-heavy team, which just sucks all the fun out of watching this. And if they do that, Yep. Uh, to go against a Saints offense that is missing a huge yeah. piece, this potentially could just be a, a just a dull, I, dreary game. I think this is a big Chris Carson and Rashad Penny game. The Saints have given up 5.6 yards per carry so far, bottom eight in terms of success rate allowed on the ground this year. And this, we know what the Seahawks want to do. They're at they're at home. They're favored. They're going to hammer the ball against the Saints team that is uh, that is reeling right now. Yeah, and, and that Tyler Lockett is going to end up being one of the more reliable wide receivers in fantasy in Week One, even though he didn't have a ton of targets. Targets still got you to the, in the end zone. And last week we told you, play him. Any slot receiver going up against the Steelers is a phenomenal play. And he went out and had, what, 10 or 11 catches in that game. Which is why Debo Samuel has been moved into a flex spot. Oh, <laughs> that's a little sneaky, Air right? five there, yep. <laughs> and then you've got this matchup Debo. here uh, against the Saints that's given up two touchdowns and the most... Uh, the fourth most fantasy points to slot receiver so far this season. So uh, Lockett is locked in. But what about Will Disley, man? What are you thinking? Uh, are you just, dissing on Disley or are you going to play him? I, just streamer? Don't, I don't know if the Seahawks will have enough pass volume here. Like Lockett and Metcalf will definitely probably get a couple high, high value targets. But um, yeah, I just I, I think the Seahawks just control this game on the ground. Yeah. Uh, last one here in this group. Bears at Washington. Ooh, this one's the true wasteland. Man. Uh, I'm, I'm so gonna... excited about McLaurin and I can't play him. Though. Yeah, this is what you can't play can't him. What? Close the... Come on. Against what? the Bears? Okay. The Redskins are going to be trailing this entire game again, and where else are they going to th- put? Th- like, where else are they going to throw the ball? Uh, I get it, man. Jordan Reed, is, Jordan, Jordan, Reed, is Jordan Reed going to be back? Jordan Reed might be returning this week. Still in concussion protocol. We don't know yet as of Wednesday morning. Um, I def- hate I hate relying on like game script garbage time points for my starting it's, players. Right, but it's when a hard it's, way to live. But when it's projectable, like it is every single week for the Redskins at this point, then we can rely on it. The and Bears also haven't played like all that great. They've been, they've lost a game and then they were in a close game that people would argue they should have lost against Denver. Yeah. So, I mean, although I feel like that's not on the defense. That's on, you know, that's on. But, I, but Mitch Trubisky is still the quarterback. I, well, I no, mean, that, which you know, is, which is why I think this is a fantasy wasteland here, right? Because the Bears will keep both teams from scoring. That's what's going to happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> going back to McLaurin, though, real quick. I mean, he's he is seeing number one receiver. No, I love him in terms of I just air hate yard, the matchup in, term, in terms of his targets and air yards. I. I, I get that this is a bad paper draw, but I, I'm back in on McLaurin as a receiver three this week. All right. All right. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, all I hope is that Matt Nagy realizes what he did last week and keeps feeding David Monk. Yes. Just keep getting the ball to David Monk. Well, what a switch we saw from third in snaps, third in touches, third in points to first in all oh. that. 
Well, Matt, Matt one Nagy, week later. Because, he's, but, but, because Matt Nagy's actually a smart guy. That week one game plan was just trash, and he knew it. He right. threw it out, and he got David Montgomery well, the rock in week two. Well, also, if he was smart, it would have started in week one. Yeah. Also, he looked around, and he said, hey, look, the Raiders fed their rookie running back a whole bunch of touches, and he had a good game. The Bills got their rookie running back a bunch of touches, and he had a good game. Maybe I should do the same. He also maybe put on some Mitch Trubisky film and said, hey, maybe we should maybe uh, not Limit, feature this guy. Limit him a little yeah. bit. Imagine imagine the Bears with uh, you know Deshaun or Mahomes mm. and not Trubisky. That that's gonna that's gonna go down in the history as one of the you know how the biggest gaffes sure, in the will, first round because you, of the trade and what they what they had to pay to move up. Sure, but it will. Do you know how I was thinking about this the other night? You know how freaking lucky we are that Patrick Mahomes went to Andy Reid. Oh sure, yeah. We are so. <laughs> for, what if Patrick Mahomes went to I don't even like Greg Olson or Nathaniel Hackett or just uh, one of these guys, Brian Schottenheimer, one of these guys that just like is just adult. You know, like, like, <laughs> adult. Like, like we're so lucky. That hey, man, same thing with Dak Prescott going to the Cowboys. Well, he could have very now, easily well, not now, been a Cowboy. Now, no, he got Kellen Moore. I, well, but Dak's been good the first couple when of seasons. When he had Scott Linehan, the only he was time that, The only time that yeah. Dak really struggled as a fantasy quarterback was when Zeke was suspended. He was, He's got Zeke in there, man. This guy's been fine. He was handcuffed with Scott Linehan. Like oh, they, they I, oh, I agree. I think off. this is great. I think it's great. But Dak's been a pretty good fantasy quarterback since he's been in this league. Yes. So. Now he could uh, now he could be moving into, you know, instead of like the, the category of, you know, pretty good to like this guy's bordering on great. Yeah, and so he's, far, he's, he's looked great. He's going next level. Though, last and then we're going to lose Kellen Moore because he'll be a uh, head coach next season. But whatever. <sighs> yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, he'll young get offensive coordinator. If the Cowboys offense continues to do this, I mean, hell, he'll be the head coach of the Giants next year. Sorry. So here's the thing. <laughs> and this is this has nothing, this has nothing. You to, actually would like that. This has nothing to do with fantasy. I think I think Kellen Moore's fortunes uh, hinge a little bit on what happens with guys like Cliff Kingsbury yep. and Zach Taylor. Uh, like you know, because like this this offseason, obviously hiring a hot young offensive coordinator was the move. But yeah. Yeah, even Freddie Kitchens, right? Like if but if these teams don't look great this year, then I think you know owners will start to rethink that a little bit. So I don't know. That's just my hot take there. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, my, might as well do some streaming options here. Uh, the first two seem like no-brainers. Josh Allen, because he's out there in a lot of leagues. Matthew Stafford, uh, who is still out there in a lot of leagues. The third one, Kirk Cousins? Nope. I mean, he's got a great matchup not, on I paper know, against know, the Raiders. I know, but... But he's not throwing the ball a lot, and when he is, he hasn't been accurate. It's just... Dude, they're <sighs> just giving the ball to Dalvin Cook so yeah. much, and... <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a game script scenario, yeah. they run the ball. They have the lead. They run the ball. Cousins doesn't throw the ball. I, I, I'd rather, I'd rather start Jimmy Garoppolo. This yeah, week. I, I agree. I, I'm not sure we'll see Kirk Cousins throw, you know, fewer than ten pass attempts again. Um, but I, I think they, the Vikings want to live in the range where he's throwing the ball twenty to, you know, maybe thirty times per game. And this, this, like you mentioned, Fabs, this is a perfect setup for him not to throw mm -hmm. very much. Boy, I wonder if the Vikings are regretting that big contract. The Kirk Cousins or not? Uh, I don't know. I mean, You're paying him a lot of money to hand the ball off. The I mean, I have been told that that's the cost of doing business when it comes. To I guess so, players. man. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, I looked at the tight end streaming list, and and may I look. It's very possible I missed something, but this. When you look at my tight end streaming list this week, you would think it was like, you know, 2000 and... and yeah. Nah. Hey, man, listen, you Jason Witten's on pace for 16 touchdown catches. You, you didn't miss anything this week. The, the tight end is... There's, there are no streamers. I mean, so it's, I, it's Will Disley and Jason Witten, and those yep. guys have a floor of literally zero. I've got, I've got Witten. Yeah. 
I mean, I, <laughs> those I, are my two sleepers that, that, in the column this week. I've got, <laughs> I've got Witten. I, I stretched a little bit and, and like squinted really hard and thought maybe Jimmy Graham against the Broncos. That's why I found like the, oh, am I going to cut OJ Howard talk insane? Okay, sure. You cut OJ Howard <laughs> for freaking what? Will Disley. And Go ahead, what? dude. Please. Uh, and then Gre- you mentioned Greg Olson yeah. earlier, Graham. Um, yep. You know, but so much of that is contingent on who the quarterback is, too. Like, it's just. And and there's a there's bad week. at this point, instead of looking at matchups for tight ends, I mean, you kind of know, obviously, the guys that are going to be in your lineup. But I, I mean, Waller doesn't have the best matchup this week, but volume, the guys on the field 100 percent of the time, he's he's got to be in your lineup. Um, it, it's not even about matchups now. It's about who's getting opportunities. And a guy like Darren Waller should be the number one tight end on somebody's roster this week. And if he's not, you should be trying to look to looking to flip him. I mean, the big name guys like Graham. You know, touchdown in week one, nothing last week. Kyle Rudolph has fallen off the face of the earth. I mean, this guy was a tight end one a couple of seasons ago. And last week, he was on the field as a blocker for 36 of 65 snaps. Uh, That's what the Vikings offense is right now. Tyler Eifert's a guy you can't trust. Eric Ebron, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's trash. Uh, So so at this point, you want to play guys who are on the field, who are getting opportunities, who are big parts of their offense, regardless of the matchup. There are legitimately only six or seven tight ends we can trust right now. That's just where we're at. Which, it, yeah. It's which just like last year. It's like last year. It's yeah. just a, it's a flashback to and last it's, year. And it's depressing that O.J. Howard has not emerged as one of them. Um, I, he's, ooh. I this, this spot against the Giants, we, man. He, he, he like, has we, to get right. I say, like, have we completely written him off, or are we just hoping maybe I, one more? I'm playing him this week, but I, it's I'm, the Giants. I'm playing him this week where I have him, um, and, and I... I, this is just such a good spot. I'm going to be really disappointed if O.J. Howard doesn't have at least a solid game this week. Yeah. Uh, right now, my top four are obvious. You know, you got Kelsey, Ingram, Kittle, and, and Ertz. Uh, and then, you know, my five is Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, Vance McDonald, and O.J. Yeah. Howard. Yeah, and now Vance is dealing with Rudolph. I mean, yeah, it just falls so, off the cliff. It falls off the cliff once yeah. again. Uh, defensive streamers. Uh, How about them Cowboys? I mean, yeah, but they're not a streamer anymore, right? Like, I feel like everybody kind of has them right now, right? Well, people picked them up because they had a good matchup last week and they kind of didn't do all that well. But this week, uh, I mean, it's, it's a virtual. Yeah. The 49ers are a good streamer this week. Niners are a decent streamer this week. I dig them this week. Uh, the I, put, Packers. I have the Packers here. Yep. The Packers need to be owned at oh, this point. Because yeah. the pa- they're, they're a good defense right now. If the Packers are on your waiver wire right now, go, go, get, them. go get them. They are our yep. top five play this yep. week. This this. <laughs> the Broncos just have no chance against this against this defense right now at home for the Packers. Just yeah. such a good spot. Yeah. I, so I put I put the Cardinals here mostly, you know, because of you know the cam situation and whether or not it's going to be Kyle Allen. I don't necessarily love the Cardinal defense as a unit, but this could be one of those weeks that maybe uh, the Panthers quarterback, whoever it may be, throws the ball to the wrong color jersey a few times. Uh, and maybe something happens there. Uh, also, Indianapolis, uh, you know, the, the Colts. They're a better defense than they have been in the past. I think this is a, a week where, where maybe you get something out of them. But uh, One more, too. I'd take a peek at the Seahawks just on the lower end. I mean, I, I like the Packers and, and Cardinals a little bit more if, if Cam is out. But mm-hmm. uh, Seahawks are worth a look, too, on the lower end. So, All right. So there you go. There's some at least the defensive streaming options are better. Did, did we mention the Buccaneers? Uh, we did not mention at the home I, and they've been against playing well the rookie, the first two and I, they have looked good. I put them in my waiver wire column, and if you're desperate for a defensive streamer this week, but Daniel, I, I put them in under under the assumption that Eli Manning would be mm-hmm. would be playing, and I actually think Daniel Jones does change that equation a little bit. Yeah, but but their front seven is 
significantly better this year. Which, by the way, the part of the reason I mentioned that the uh, the Colts this week against the Fal- that Falcons offensive line has issues, man. I know, dude. They've yeah. got problems. Yeah, I was I was shocked. And yeah. last week when uh when McGarry came back in the game, I thought he was going to be done for a while. Yeah, and I mean I talked about uh, you know the the Rams and Browns and their offense is not quite clicking yet. Uh, the Falcons offense really hasn't gotten going either. Matt Ryan looked awful. Matt Ryan, I believe, they haven't run the ball either because they're off. Yeah, has been Ryan's got bad. five picks this year already. I think he had seven all last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I those, do like him this week. Two of those picks on Monday night were just just awful. Right. Yep. Uh, and as somebody who who has Devontae Sunday. Freeman on a few rosters, yeah. uh, I noticed that they cannot run. It's bad. The football. Yeah. So, uh, last little bit of thing, just something fun before we get out of here. Uh, I call it fast food for thought. I uh, saw the story that that KFC. Uh, which I think they're officially KFC. I don't think they're Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. I think they've just well, yeah, changed. because because they wanted to get fried out of their name because it's yeah, but that's what they do. Like everybody knows. I know, but I mean, like, like stop, yeah. hide, stop hiding from life. Um, but they are serving a fried chicken sandwich between two glazed oh, donuts. I saw a right? picture of this man. I, so my these, these would should you, come with an angioplasty. Well, probably, but would you try it? Right. Oh. One, would you try it? And two, what is the worst? you know, maybe unhealthiest or most disgusting fast food item that you have enjoyed or you know, enjoy or have enjoyed in the past? Enjoyed? Euler, have, did, Euler? did I have to enjoy it? I mean, like I something, mean, have you something ever that, you to... got, that you looked at and was like, man, this is gross, but I kind of like it. Anything I... from Taco Bell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much anything did you, from Taco well, Bell. I don't even know if they make these anymore, you but you remember, you remember they had that like... McDonald's had like the sausage like sandwich thing between like the two pancakes and it had oh, like oh, the syrup McGriddle, in McGriddle, it. Yeah. The McGriddle, yeah. I tried yeah. that one time and it was it was okay, but I would never have oh. another one again. In high school, I used to live off McGriddles. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at you're just skinny. Yeah, you're I got a skinny kid, man. Yeah, I am. I my mean, gosh, I played ball though. Yeah, I, I still think my my favorite is the. Uh, I mean, go back to KFC, the double down they had. When um, it was like the the chicken was actually the bread. The, the chicken breasts were the bread, yeah. and it had it had bacon and cheese in oh, the middle. Yeah. And I, I remember, tried that too. Oh, I had it once. I remember I went to the drive through because I'm like I'm gonna try this. I want to see what it's about, right? And I was like, you know, can I get a double down? And the guy says, Do you want it fried or grilled? And I'm like, Bro, I know, right? I'm getting a sandwich where the bread is the chicken. Like, do you really <laughs> think grilled is gonna make? Like, just come on, man. I'm just trying to think fry. of like how grilled would work in it. That just sounds. Even the, yeah, the, the, the ultimate though. I don't know. Has anyone ever had a McRib? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Those are I don't disgusting. think I've ever had. A, I don't think I've it's, ever had. A McRib. You know, it's one of those oh, things where so when I was a kid, I loved the McRib, and then as I as I got older, I, I went it. back and had a McRib, and I'm like, oh, oh it's what is so this? Bad. I mean, it's like it's like pressed meat like product. <laughs> it is like it's meat like product pressed into the shape of like ribs. Um, slathered in like their way too sweet barbecue sauce with like onions yeah, and pickles it on it bad. and it comes back every so often um yeah yeah, yeah. I, for, for those hardcore mcdonald's fans like, you can't I, live without the mcrib it's like they're chicken nuggets and that when you open them up they don't look like chicken. oh yeah no, you know what? they're I, not it's I know, just chicken I, parts and stuff. i know what it is and i still love them i don't care i will sure. eat chicken nuggets i still love them I, you know, for yeah, the, I, was like, I don't I don't eat it McDonald's frequently, but uh, yeah, I I will go and gobble them up. Quarter pounder with cheese was always my that's always my go to. I've been to McDonald's a long time. When you're living in L.A., I mean, you're going you're going in and out. Or you're going to Fat Burger. I love Fat. Burger. I love Fat Burger. Yeah. I do. I have you had Fat Burger? I don't think I have. We're gonna you go. Should. Okay. Should. I, gonna but here's the thing: as a as a native Californian, um, I will defend In and Out against all foreign invaders. Um, oh, no, I like In and Out. But yeah. but if you're gonna ask me, Fat Burger versus In and Out, I'm going to tell you I like Fat. Yeah, Fat Burger's better. All right, I'll try it. It so is. Yeah, we're in. All right, 
So that's it. We are done. Thanks again to Jeff Ratcliffe for uh, his time today as well. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. You can find his work over at PFF. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. And you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, cupcakes are just muffins that tried really hard. We'll see you on Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 